0: to The Wonder, exploring perspectives, rituals, and observances of modern naturalistic, earth-revering pagan religious paths. Here are your hosts, Yucca and Mark.
1: Welcome back to The Wonder, science-based paganism. I'm your host, Mark.
0: And I'm the other one, Yucca.
1: And today we have a very special episode. We're interviewing James Morgenstern, who is on the Atheopagan Society Council. And so along with Yucca and myself and a bunch of other people. And so it's just an opportunity to get to know him and ask his ideas about where he sees the community going and how he came to be a part of this community and all that good kind of stuff. So welcome, James. Hi. Thanks for having me on.
0: We're oh, really happy to have you. So, well, why don't we get started with, um, you know, how how you found or came to atheopaganism?
2: So, it's kind of a, a, a long journey that started back in like the late 80s, like 87, 88, somewhere around in there. And I... I was I, I was an, an avid reader back then and I remember coming across like a group of at a garage sale this collection of encyclopedias called Man Myth and Magic mm. and it was like everything supernatural and the occult from A to Z and I got made fun of a bit in grade school and called encyclopedia brown and stuff like that because I like I because I read encyclopedias and so I came across these, bought them for like a quarter a book with my allowance and read them all, and that really sort of piqued my interest in in the occult. And mm-hmm. whatnot, and there mm-hmm. were there were articles in there about like paganism and and witchcraft and Wicca and and what have you, and so I started seeking out books. All of this under you know the cover of secrecy because I you know grew up in the Midwest in Central Illinois, and all of that stuff was a big no-no. So I with I had gone to you know I grew up in a a tiny little town so we had gone some friends of mine and and I had gone with one of their parents into uh, this town and there was this store in the mall that I went into I think it was like it might have been a B Dalton booksellers you know one of those booksellers that's not around anymore and I found a copy of Raymond Buckland's complete book of witchcraft (laughs) And I went through that whole thing. It was like a series of lessons. Anybody familiar with, you know, witchcraft from back in that area is familiar with the big blue book, but I went through the whole self initiation ritual thing that they had at the end of that. And that was sort of my start on that path. Um, I started reading a lot of scott cunningham he had uh, you know a lot of good material for like solitary practitioners and and whatnot and later on in my you know in my adult life i got involved with a uh, this was shortly after i was married i got involved with a group in springfield illinois called the edge perception collective and we put on seasonal public rituals you know for the for the community there in central illinois and from there, I got involved with the Diana's Grove Mystery School and which was those folks were fantastic. There's just some really good, you know, kind, nice people. And the uh, it w- it was interesting. They had like a 200 acre property in the Ozarks and, you know, it was beautiful. It had this it had been a cattle ranch at one point. And so like the edges of it were forested and there was this big meadow in the center with like a. Seven circuit labyrinth mode into it that was huge, and they had all these cabins that had built had been built on the property by the Amish, and uh, you know they did week long intensives and, and weekend you know seminars and things like that on all sorts of different topics. I took several like drumming classes there with Lane Redmond and and whatnot, and the you know the whole time though, like looking back, I I realized that like. I with in terms of like the belief in like deity and things like that, I was really sort of going through the motions. Like I don't know that I ever actually really believed that that there were these beings out there. I think a lot of it was me looking for an alternative to what I was in the middle of. And sort of you know inundated by and that was you know conservative christianity you know midwestern bible country you know kind of kind of folks and so I, I i sort of i moved to st louis in like 2000 and really sort of drifted away from all of that and had this big empty spot in my life you know a lot of the stuff that i had done previously even you know even being part of the of the this group and that that community is all on my own you know was all solo stuff Mm -hmm. and a lot of that you know took place primarily in in my head you know it's the whole like you know you develop like a mind palace or whatever they call it these days where you've got this sort of sacred space in your own skull and that uh, some of that was coping mechanisms and things like that for You know mental health issues and and whatnot Mm -hmm. but but i had this big hole and 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 that lasted a long time and i moved to california in like 2013 or 2014 rather uh, at the beginning of 2014. and i remember like i don't remember the exact year it was but i was online and on facebook and i don't remember if it was like a suggested group or if i was searching for you know some sort of online group to join I've got a lot of I've got friends out here you know on the west coast that are all part of this sort of like spooky dark you know like you know witchy woodsy you know forest people type community musicians and artists and, and whatnot and so lots of pagany stuff being posted by them and and you know that whole aesthetic so it may have been a recommended group but i found the atheo one and i clicked on it and looked at the about page read the description and everything and that seemed like that's like that was really kind of where i was at like i wanted i wanted all the pagany stuff but i didn't want all of the praying to gods and goddesses or offerings to forest you know fairies and 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 things along those lines so i joined the group and was just sort of a, a lurker for a while and then i don't remember exactly how i met you mark i think i it was you had posted something about where you lived or something along those lines and i was uh. like holy crap like that's 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 you know 20 minutes away 30 minutes away or whatever and i don't remember if i sent you a message or if it was in a comment or something like i don't the details of all that are. i think you
1: sent me a message as i recall and we decided to meet for coffee
2: yeah but that was fantastic and then i read your book and like your whole story of how you came to all this a lot of that resonated with me because i'd been involved with similar groups you know, in the past, the whole mm-hmm. Church of All Worlds and, you know, I wasn't involved with them at all, but I I was well aware of them and and things going on with them. And then, uh, you know, I wanted to I wanted to take a more active role in the community because I don't know, I feel like I feel like everybody should want to take a more active role. You know, mm-hmm. I, you, you got to participate in community, you know, on some level, at least that's how I feel. Uh, you know for myself and so i when a call went out for moderators on the group you know i i stepped up to that and and then was a moderator on and off for a couple of years i think A few yeah. Um, yeah yeah recently recently you know stepped down from that again and then when the atheo pagan society started coming together you know and you know we decided to put together an actual like council of people you know i i kind of felt the need to be a part of that you know on the on the ground floor mm-hmm. um, i don't know because i it's it's really given me a lot in terms of like helping sort of fill that hole that i had in my life for so long with not having any sort of like Ritual, you know, or spiritual life, you know, it was. I don't know. It was like I struggle with. I struggle with a fair amount of mental health issues, you know, depression, things like that. And when having that, having a spiritual life, and even in my own head now, using words like that is there's a little bit of dissonance because I don't believe in like a spirit world. But when Mm -hmm. I tend to use the word spirit or spiritual i' it's more in the sense of essential
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, mm-hmm. like the spirit spirit being the essence of a thing, mm-hmm. you know, and so a spiritual life for me is an essential life. It's a thing that you know it's something that's necessary mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the the paganism group online and just the you know approaching spirituality from that standpoint has has helped me out. lot. And so I I wanted to, to, to try to give back on some level as much as I'm able anyway.
1: Well, that's great. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's, it's been great for me because you, you are local to get to know you and, you know, become friends. And now of course we have the Northern California affinity group, the live Oak circle, and we've been having in-person meetings with a little group of folks. And to me, that's just been wonderful. I've i've really enjoyed sharing rituals with with a group like that
2: in person is definitely at least for me personally is far more rewarding than you know online so there's a certain there's a certain distance that i feel you know with online interactions yeah that that just doesn't feel as personal and meaningful to me other people get a lot out of it you know i know that we have like the the mixers and things like that you know on saturdays and like Mm -hmm. on thursdays or whatever online and I know that there are a lot of people who get a lot out of those, and that's fantastic. You know, I think you should get you should get that community interaction, however, you can get it. But yeah,
0: well, I really love that we've been able to start building both of those kinds of of interactions, right now mm-hmm. as as we're we're growing and able to do in-person gatherings, both like we did. Earlier this spring, with the retreat, and then with local groups, and then the mixers and the text communication, which is what mostly the Facebook and Discord is.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. it's
0: lovely to see that diversity and people being able to kind of plug in in the way that fits in in their life and and their particular needs. Yeah. So, and it seems like James, you've you've been a big part of a lot of that of looking out for and caring for and participating in that online component
2: yeah i like i feel i feel very and one of the reasons i wanted to be like help be a moderator and stuff for the for the facebook group was that i feel like i tend to get protective of you know the groups that i'm that i'm part of it's all it's like chosen family kind of kind of situation mm-hmm. and i felt like being a moderator helped like put me in a role where I could be more effective at doing that Mm -hmm. Um, because there's a lot of folks that aren't able to sort of stand up for themselves and you only have so much aside from just blocking people online you've Mm -hmm. only got so much that you can do in a group if you aren't a moderator you know you don't have the ability to you know, to shield other people from, you know, abuses and things along those lines. And not that we've had a huge problem with folks like that in the, our. Fa- I feel like out of all of the Facebook groups that I've, that I've been a part of and all of just the social media groups in general that I've been a part of, the Ethiopian group is definitely by far the most friendly mm-hmm. and problem-free group that i've that I especially with you know now we've got well over four thousand members like it 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 shocks me on some level that there <laughs> wasn't that there wasn't a lot more moderation issues than there than there was we just don't get the trolls yeah. i think a lot of that is is due in part to like our screening process for people you know and and just the, you know vigilance and the community themselves like you know that even aren't moderators stepping up to, you know, sort of take charge because it's, it's, I feel like it's all of our responsibilities to make sure that we've got a nice, you know, safe, accommodating, friendly community, you know, to be a part of, you know, and every, every group is going to have issues, but I feel like our group is, is always working on those, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
2: when something comes up, when someone brings something to our attention something that's problematic or something that we that needs to be addressed that we're that we we work on it i Mm -hmm. feel like that effort is an honest one and that you know and that's important but uh, yeah it's by far the the best group i've been a part of and i and i think that speaks a lot for the people that are involved in it
1: i agree yeah i mean i've I continue to be amazed by the quality of the community that's come together online around atheopaganism. And as you say, with more than 4,000 members, you would imagine that there would be more conflict. Yeah, And it's not like there's groupthink, because we have really interesting conversations about lots of different things. And people have varying perspectives on a variety of different things. But there's a civility and a, a fundamental assumption of good intention on the part of one another that I think is really rare for Facebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even oh, yeah. go to my main Facebook feed anymore. <laughs> I just hang out in the atheo group.
2: Yeah. 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 And it was, it was really great for me at the retreat to get to meet some of those folks in person, mm-hmm. you know, cause you see a name, you see a name and like a, an icon on online and I don't know. To, a, for me that's something a real really animal impersonal. person yeah that, yeah and, really
0: right there in front of you
2: because like online there's a like i feel like there is sort of a, a certain degree of anonymity that's necessary because it can just be a dangerous place so i don't fault people for not putting pictures of themselves up as like their facebook photo mm-hmm. or whatever you know i didn't do it for the longest time uh uh now i don't really care so It's whatever, but but it's nice being able to put a face to, you know, conversations that I've had with folks and and things along those lines. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I have kind of a two-part question, I guess, for you, James. The first one is so what do you see your role as being on the Ethiopagan Society Council? What what do you see as You know, what are your responsibilities there? What is, what do you see yourself as doing for the community there? And then the second part of the question is, what about the future? What, what sorts of things do you see the society being able to do to foster this community or support it or train it or, you know, whatever, what, what's your vision there? I think
2: in terms of my my role like i feel like i i try to represent the the greater community as a whole Mm -hmm. i try to take into consideration like when we're making decisions and things like that the needs of 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 the community as it's been sort of represented to me by my interactions with people on facebook you know in the facebook group and and to a far far lesser degree the, the the discord server because i i i started that discord server i don't a couple years ago or whatever and discord is not my it's not my thing it's Mm -hmm. you know it's Mm -hmm. some people that's totally their jam and that's and they prefer that over everything else and that's totally fine it's just it was never really my thing but there was a call for it online and Mm -hmm. so i just I had used it previously for like some gaming stuff. And so I was like, well, I, you know, I'll start a server and we'll see how that happens and or how that works. And now it, it you know, it's got a, a, I think a couple hundred people on it.
1: I think um, about 500 actually.
2: Yeah. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. It's got some great yeah, stuff. Yeah 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 i yeah like i said it's it's wasn't really my thing i am not a tech savvy person so you know there were we got all these people that jumped on it that were doing discord stuff all the time and asking me as a you know as like the admin there you know oh can we do this can we do that and it's like i have no idea how to do those things so <laughs> and i don't have a whole lot of time to learn how to do those things so like i that's all yeah that's a whole nother change but in terms of like my role and what i you know what i seem like my responsibilities being like i i don't know i kind of i think everybody i think every group and and it hasn't been a thing that i that has been something that i feel like i needed to worry about because our our group and our organization has it's worked a lot differently than a lot of other groups that i that I'm aware of in the pagan community and not so many that I've been a direct part of in in terms of like decision-making groups and whatnot. But I don't know, there was sort of this idea in my head at one point of like being kind of a watchdog and making sure that things didn't start going down like a hierarchical, you know, sort of problematic path often happens with those sort of council type groups in various pagan communities like i said i'd been a member of a group in the past the the edge of perception which you know all we did was really put on public rituals that's all we did and we weren't like a we weren't sort of guiding a community necessarily so all of our meetings dealt with what are we going to do for the next, you know, for the solstice or whatever? And, you know, who's going to do what roles and, you know, how is, you know, how much did we spend on supplies for the last one? How much money do we have in the account for the supplies for the next one? And, you know, and that sort of thing. We were, we were a not-for-profit five. I think we had, you know, a 501 3C, you know, thing or whatever. So we had to, you know, keep track of receipts and all that good stuff for taxes. And, but there weren't, so there weren't really any issues in terms of like, power struggles or anything along those lines you know people wanting to take control of things necessarily at least none that i was aware of but i definitely know that there are groups that are like that you get like an individual who is and that's one of the things like i i feel i really sort of commend you for mark because you that's you have not being sort of the founder of of this whole thing you have made i feel like you've made great strides to not put yourself in a position of power and mm-hmm. or a position of authority or anything along those lines you know you've been pretty good about when people try to appeal to you as an authority on something and say, well mark says this or whatever you're very much i feel like you've done a pretty good job of of the whole like you know i'm just like i'm just another member of the community like you you know just because my name's on a book or whatnot that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that like what i say is is law Sort of thing. And I know that's been an issue. So there was an, at one point in my head, there was this idea of like kind of being a watchdog for the community if that sort of thing started to happen to try to be a, a bulwark against that. But that's, but it's never come up. So that quickly <laughs> faded into the background as if something unnecessary. um So I, so mainly I think I, I feel like I'm just there as support. Like I, like I said before, I, you know, I, I struggle with a lot of mental health issues and what have you. So my, my ability to do things is is relatively limited but i do i I, you know i want to do whatever i'm capable of you know and take a more active role other than just seeing posts online and hearing about things and you know listening to the podcast and whatnot and as far as going forward i'd like to see a lot more opportunities like that provided for the entirety of the community you know, it's a big community and I think a lot of those opportunities should be like on a on local levels. You know, like you mentioned before, we've got our local live oak circle uh here in Northern California, which, you know, we've had like what like almost a dozen people yeah. I think involved, you know, that have that at least, you know, I've seen, you know, active. We've got our own little Discord server. Mm-hmm and whatnot to help coordinate stuff and then you know we've had facebook members who have posted things about their local meetups you know one in chicago that looked like had a fantastic turnout Mm -hmm. and i like seeing it, it, it makes me happy to see things like that happening because i community is something that's really important to me and i think it's i think a lot of the reason it's really important to me is is because of how little direct access I have to it. You know, I'm, I'm sort of isolated out in the redwoods, you know. And so and community interactions are, are have become far more important to me. They're more meaningful to me because I have them, you know, so rarely. So that's an important step going forward, I think, is helping to foster those local communities mm-hmm. to build a greater, you know, broader You know, general community the I thought that the Sun Tree retreat was a was a fantastic success Mm -hmm. in terms of like turnout and whatnot so I'd really love to see more events like that going forward like maybe regional regional ones and then you know uh, a a, like a main sort of national one or whatever here in the states and it would be fantastic to see uh, because we've got members of the Facebook group from all over the world you know, right. and we've got affinity groups for larger affinity groups for like regional affinity groups for some of those areas. But it'd be great to see them putting together, you know, events. And it and I think a lot of people think if the if like oh we if we're gonna do that we're gonna need all of these things and we're gonna need this awesome space and we're gonna need you know speakers or we're gonna need you know it's like you don't really you just get together, mm-hmm. get together and have a meal, you know, and mm-hmm. make it a ritual you know be be mindful of the the various parts of the meal that you're you know as, as they're as they're served or consumed or whatever or get together and you know if you're into drumming and stuff you know have a drum circle or sing some songs together or you know just do do something as a community and it'll grow from that you don't have to have like a fancy convention space or you know retreat center to go to or something along those lines but i think uh, building those communities is important because we we do better together you know we we move forward better faster more stronger together than we do you know as individuals and some people you know social interaction is not a thing for them and they don't do well in groups and that's fine. You can totally do it by yourself, but you know, I feel like as a, as a community though, moving forward, like these smaller local localized groups are really, I think they're the next best step forward.
1: Mm -hmm. Hmm. I think that's really well said about community and humanity as a social animal. You know, we we get even those of us that are very introverted will usually get something out of social interaction. They may not be Mm -hmm. able to take very much of it, but there's a there's a sort of an energizing or a charge that comes with interacting with other people who see you and are authentic and open and kind And, you know, fostering that kind of a climate is it's super important to me. And it seems like, you know, that's what people are gravitating to in, in the online communities is like, wow, these people are nice and they're thoughtful and they're interesting and they and they're rational and and they are open to the idea of sacralizing the world in, you know, in ways that are moving and impactful. so yeah yeah that's very cool i didn't realize that you had joined the council with the idea of being sort of a watchdog on you know on the power dynamics but Uh, i mean it wasn't like you haven't felt that was necessary yeah
2: i mean that was sort of it wasn't like a main reason you know the main reason was like i i wanted to be a part of it i you know i wanted to be a part of i wanted to give back Mm -hmm. you know because I had gotten quite a bit out of you know the online community and and whatnot, and wanted to give back beyond just being a moderator on the Facebook group, mm-hmm. and the the whole like watchdog thing was sort of a secondary, a secondary thing, you know, one of those creeping things in the back of my head. And it's like, oh, I've like I've seen groups like this come together before with really good intentions, and then. A cult of personality forms around one person, and and then it all falls apart. And I yeah. didn't want to see that happen. You know, like I said, I I feel, I feel kind of protective of our community, which can have its own drawbacks. Because I I there are times when I'm feeling probably too protective and might see threats where there aren't any, and that's you know, <clears throat> that's but that's my own issue to deal with. The Yeah, I think other things that we could do, like I I, I think I probably mentioned previously about, you know, we've got members of the community who probably are a little isolated and Mm -hmm. not as able and like some sort of like reach program or something along those lines, Mm. you know, to bring resources to those people. You know, I think this this podcast has obviously been a great resource because, you know, like you had mentioned to me previously about like the number of new members coming to the Facebook group because they heard the podcast, which is fantastic, you know, but that's one of those things that like is a, it's available to everybody all over the world, you know, Hey, right. you know, you don't have to be on a specific social media platform or whatnot. This podcast is available on you know numerous different uh, podcast platforms and everybody's got and i think network maybe possibly networking more with other similar like-minded groups mm-hmm. you know i think that might be a good step in the right direction because you know in the end to get sort of philosophical we're all in this together sure. yeah and that's not just like the atheo paganism group online and that's not just you know our our local circles it's you know everybody we're and you know we might not all completely agree on things all the time but we, we none of us get out of this alive <laughs> so we should all work together to make to make the experiences as, as 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 pleasant as possible
1: mm-hmm. um yeah
2: and that you know and that and In, that involves a lot of work and not not necessarily like physical footwork type stuff but like personal work you know for each of us things like like dealing with issues of racism and ableism and things along those lines mm-hmm. you know that's that's stuff that has to be worked on on a personal level and you know we all have a lot of i think a lot of us the vast majority of us have a lot of internalized you know issues with those things, and mm-hmm. things that have become normalized for us mm-hmm. because it's just they're just think are things that have never been an issue. You know, it's a thing we've talked about in the Facebook group. That paganism in general, for the for a long time, was a primarily white thing. You mm-hmm. know, and and so I think a lot of people of color and whatnot really felt it, it was inaccessible to them.
1: Yeah, uh, or that they were unwelcome. Or that yeah. they were
2: unwelcome, exactly, because there's still this huge trend. And that's why I am i really, one of the things that I really like about atheopaganism and that, that drew me to it is that it's not based in a culture, a pre-existing culture. It's not mm-hmm. based around a pre-existing set of traditions. You know, mm-hmm. it encourages, you know, a DIY approach, you know, create your own rituals, create your own traditions, you know, start new ones. Don't you know? Like we, it's not the goal to recreate some lost civilization or culture, or to live in you know a a a pretend past that never really existed. Because that's what most of these groups, you know, I feel like to some degree do. And it's not about escapism either, you Mm -hmm. know, which is a thing that I found and. I've gotten a lot of flack in the past for, for bringing the issue up in groups that I've been a part of that. I feel like a lot of people were, you know, they will be a part of a group that espouses like, you know, justice or something along those lines. I'm not going to name any groups in particular, but they'll espouse values like justice. But then when issues of justice are brought up, people, you know, start going on the whole, like, why do you got to make this political? It's like, uh, How is that not not? like everything is political. If it involves people, it's political. That's right. So, you know, every aspect of our lives is affected by politics. You know, nobody lives in a bubble, you know, Mm -hmm. free from the rest of the world. So literally every aspect of our life is, is, has been affected or is constantly affected by politics, whether it be the laws that we're living under or the regulations we have to abide by when doing things to our homes or, you know our yards you know even down to like hoa organizations with how tall <laughs> your grass can be and crap like that um it's all politics you know and so yeah. and i understand like people who get tired of hearing about uh, hearing all the arguing mm-hmm. and what have you and i think it's primarily it seems to be primarily an american issue you know a u.s issue but you know Everybody knows what's going on in this country, you know, right (laughs) now now and has been for a while. So, you know, the whole world knows the sort of situation we're in. So I think it's understandable that people are burnt out. And but most of those people who are like, why do you got to make it political are the ones who aren't really all that negatively affected by politics. Right. They're just tired of hearing people argue about it because it interrupts their peace and quiet and they come into these groups because they're trying to escape rather than you know but for me like I said a spiritual life isn't it is not is an essential life and as an an essential part of life it's politics is unavoidable Mm -hmm. it's because that's an essential part of life you can't exist in the world without with other people without politics so Mm -hmm. you know that's i think working on those issues on an individual level is important and working on those issues as a community you know supporting each other you know i i feel like our community has been really good in like the comment sections and stuff on facebook of offering up resources when issues come up Mm-hmm. and someone says well i don't know how to do that or i don't you know or where do i go to find that information there's usually always someone who's got a list of links or books to read or mm-hmm. you know or or youtubers to follow or you know something along those lines that are you know and then it's incumbent upon us to take personal responsibility then at that point and read those things
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know, or you know or 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 look up those papers or or what have you. And, you know, it, so yeah, I, uh, the, the whole escapism thing. That's not, yeah, what I, we've, that's not what we've I
1: talked that. about that here before. I mean, it's, it's tricky because you can use sort of fantastic language and, and framing mm-hmm. to make a your tool. life a lot, as a tool to make your life a lot more enchanted, right? Oh, yeah. But you need to, keep in mind, you know, it's that ability to recognize the difference between metaphor and reality. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, the, and
2: I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of like the mythopoetic, you know, yeah. uh, as, as a tool, you know, for, like you said, reenchanting, you know, your life, but there's a, it, be, it starts to become escapism when that becomes the, your preferred realm to exist in because it's not a real place and you live in the real world and there's no getting around that. Um,
1: Sure. When you start blaming fairies for things. Yeah. Or using like,
2: right. Or, you know, like a thing you had mentioned and I think you had mentioned it in, in your book, you know, with people like excusing behaviors because, you know, it's the will of the gods or, or whatnot and the spiritual bypassing that takes place you know where people are like oh well the reason this bad thing is happening in your life is because you know maybe you've angered some spirits or something along those lines and which is really just a fancy way of victim blaming at Mm -hmm. that point the way of not taking
0: uh, responsibility
2: yeah exactly and so that's uh, that was going back to like the first question you know that's that's another thing that sort of drew me to atheopaganism paganism was that 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 wasn't a part of all this there was no there was no road for that sort of approach to things you know personal mm-hmm. responsibility and and you know taking steps in our own sort of growth and development and, you know are, are built in and that's that's you know, very appealing to me and i think needed you know in general
1: Yeah. One thing that I've really appreciated about many people in the pagan community, I certainly wouldn't say all of them, but many people in the pagan community is that there is this kind of dedication to personal growth, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: to, to doing the work to become the best people they can. And I just see that as essential, you know, it's like, if, if, If the goal is excellence in how we interact with one another, in the world that we create, in our engagement with the rest of the natural world, in all of that, then it, you know, it starts with the wrestling that's happening in your head. And, you know, figuring that stuff out and getting as clear and as kind and as balanced as we can. And so it, so that was one of the things that drew me back towards paganism after I got sick of it. You know, there were those people that were living in a fantasy world and were, you know, causing harm out of that. But then there were these other people who were just amazing, humble, fantastic, incredible people. And I wanted those people. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I wanted to go back and get them. So that's yeah. that's been part of what this has been about.
2: Yeah, I've had, like, you know, I I skipped over in my story about how I got to atheopaganism. I skipped over a lot of the stuff that I got involved in, looking for ways of, like, making meaning in the world that were more solo. Like, I got into chaos magic, and I got into, you know, I was involved in Thelema for for a while, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, joined some initiatory orders and and what have you and you know it is all you know brain hacking trying to figure out how to make myself that better person you Mm. know that you just mentioned and doing it on your own by yourself is often very difficult and so i i think having a community that's all also working towards that and like you said not everybody involved in those groups was good, but there were definitely some jewels, you know, that stood out. But for some of them, like the 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 the, the lemic community, there was a lot of just I, I I pretty much left all of I left the Lima because of a lot of the just really horrible, toxic stuff. And I've always been a proponent of the idea that Whatever it is that you're championing, whatever cause that you're standing behind, whatever beliefs that you're espousing, look around at the other people who are going yes that's what that i'm on pay on i'm right there with you i'm on the same page as you are you believe what i believe and i absolutely support you and if those people are neo-nazis and if those people are you know just you know white nationalists and racists and terrible people then you need to you need to rethink these ideas that you're championing because if they're saying oh no no I totally agree with you I don't think that's a good thing. and uh, so you know I, I I've had these conversations to get political I've had these conversations with folks who you know espouse like conservative values and whatnot and they're like yeah but you know I don't agree with those guys but yeah but they agree with you like you don't agree with those guys because you don't because they're' only, you're just ch- sort of cherry picking you know, the things of their ideology that they that you don't agree with and i don't know that you're actually looking at at what they believe and what you believe with an unbiased you know viewpoint and i think that your ideas and their ideas line up far more than you're willing to admit to and because on some level you do agree with them because if they're agreeing with you how is that not the same thing you know if you say x, y z, and they're like, yes x, y z, and then you say, "Oh, yeah, but I don't agree with their x y z but it's it's the same x y z, then you know I think that needs some reflection and some rethinking, and so, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I've got my mid afternoon coffee caffeine hitting my <laughs> hitting my head and it's sending me on spirals, yeah, what were we saying?
0: <laughs> well, we had been talking about the gyms in the community and you'd said oh, that yeah. you'd kind of skipped over some of the, the, yeah. the various groups that you'd been involved in and stopped being involved in.
2: Yeah. Cause I think when, when for me, it was like a matter of percentages, you know, if there's like three or four people in the community that are absolutely wonderful people and the, the overwhelming majority of the community is not, then that's, then you, you can't, you can't, it, I personally can't stay in a community like that. I can't stay involved with mm-hmm. a group like that. Like, I it, it's always terrible to have to sort of leave a group because, you know, you're going to miss those people probably, especially if you developed any sort of personal relationship with them. And you can always stay you know connected with those people outside of that group but being part of the group itself is just not an option any longer again i think i feel like you got to look around at the people who are who are standing behind you and chanting along with you and see what sort of flags they're waving Mm -hmm. and you know if those are flags that strike you as you know bad things then maybe you should think about you know why it is that they're chanting along with you, and, and and it's mostly been like, you know, events that have taken place and here in the U.S. over the last like six years or so that have really sort of brought that sort of idea to a head for me, you know, and or also if you know, the people who are on your side are championing ideas that actively seek to harm or impede the lives of people you care about, then maybe you should rethink those ideas also because if you really care about those people why would you want to promote the things that are going to hurt them you know and i feel like in our to bring it back to you know our community i feel like we are i feel like we're we can always do better but i feel Mm -hmm. like we're doing a pretty good job and that Mm -hmm. is and that's not to sort of say you know to let us off the hook in any way shape or form the work is the work is constant and ongoing and not quick you know there is no fast like flip a switch and suddenly you're not racist you know or you flip a switch and suddenly you're not an ableist anymore Mm -hmm. you know those are they're patterns of behavior that come about from living in a system that promotes all of those things and oftentimes rewards those things so you know working out of those situations, those methods of thought and whatnot is a, I don't know, it's a lot of deep work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I feel like as a community, we can support each other in that work. And that's what part of what I was saying about when conversations like that have come up on the Facebook group, you know, people offering up resources, mm-hmm. you know, books, you know, books to, to read and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. I know we've got, there's like a, uh, a book club, like an Ethiopian book club. And I think mm-hmm. that they've read some, some pretty good books, you know, in, in that regard on some of those issues. I definitely, I'm not a part of it because reading books for me is a, it's a whole thing gets too complicated to get into right now, but, but I definitely encourage them to read more of those books that help work on those issues. You know, everybody mm-hmm. likes to read, you know, the fun books, you know, things like gathering moss is a popular one or what's the other Reading sweetgrass, yeah, reading sweetgrass. Those books, those books come up a lot in conversations, mm. well, and those great. are great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're great. I, I'd like to, see, you know, I'd like to see more opportunities for for unlearning the sort of problematic tendencies that that you know, the overwhelming majority of us tend to have, because mm. um, that makes the community more accessible to the folks, you know, like I mentioned before, that felt it you know right. this sort of spirituality inaccessible before mm-hmm. yeah
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and build your own traditions you know around that sort of thing cuz that can help reinforce all
1: of that and you know i i need to put in a word about that i i wrote a blog post probably four or five months ago now, in which I agree for myself, I, I want to create new culture. But I can see how for people of color, they might want to draw culture from their ancestors. for um, And so, you know, when I talk about, uh, when I talk about Ethiopaganism being a modern thing that just got started in the early 2000s and, It's not rooted in any culture. That really comes out of the fact that I just designed it for me. And I'm this white guy, you know, this sort of mongrel American white guy. And I think I've, I've since done more thinking about that. And I think that it's really important for us to acknowledge that there's a place for drawing indigenous traditions, drawing traditions of African ancestry, you know, drawing those those pieces forward into the ritual practices of people that come out of those those ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: I, I absolutely agree. I think on on a personal level, I think you know, for your own like personal ritual and spiritual life, I think drawing on 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 your heritage is is absolutely. Although I don't like using that word heritage, I think drawing on that is yeah. backgrounds is 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 important and can be really sort of empowering and enriching and whatnot. I think it, where the issue comes in is when the overwhelming majority of a group comes from a particular background, yeah. and then and they try to make those aspects of their background the primary focus of yeah. the community's background. So, like you know taking a, a recent holiday for example Samhain, that's an Irish thing you know that's a Gaelic culture a mm-hmm. cultural thing um, mm-hmm. so everybody's like everybody talks about Samhain. and it's like I mean it's not it's not like a solar festival you know it's not one of the cross quarter you know holidays that is tied to an astronomical event. Or anything along those lines like the solstices and equinoxes so it is a very sort of culturally specific thing and not everybody celebrates that and Mm -hmm. so when everybody's uh, almost sort of insists it be called that because halloween is too much of a i mean it's it's even got its own cultural sort of baggage you know in terms of like all hallows day being you know kind of a, a a more christian centric holiday and mm-hmm. the whole the whole co-opting of of you know pagan holidays by Christianity idea and those sorts of things but I think a lot of people when when the community when the greater community refers to it as a specific cultural thing like Sawan those people who did not come up, did not grow up in that background feel isolated you know separated and yeah. they feel like excluded. they're not able to take they feel excluded so I feel like as a greater, you know sort of global community or whatever coming up with new non-culturally specific things is great and then incorporate in your own personal rituals and whatnot and even your own local group rituals incorporate aspects of the of of your own background into that and then your group can each each person can bring their own cultural background into the mix and you have this you know lovely bouquet of of mixed flowers you know that everybody can enjoy the but yeah i think that when people lean into those sort of traditional ideas of the holidays uh you know of our like you know that can be one of the things that isolates people who have traditionally been sort of excluded from these sort of circles and it mm-hmm. makes us less inclusive. You know, I personally celebrate Salon because that's my background. You know, I'm ninety-three percent Scottish and Irish and with a, a smidgening of, you know, other you know, I'm a I'm a American mutt, you know, with a a blend of of European backgrounds and but I wasn't raised in any of those cultures, you know. That's mm-hmm. a so that's a thing. That one of my I don't want to say pet peeves because uh, that's not what it is. One of my issues that I struggle with a lot of times is I don't believe that for the most part Americans have in general. White America doesn't have a recognizable, consistent culture, oh, or yeah. cultural background to draw from. Yeah, which I think is one of the reasons why so many folks look to like ancient Ireland and ancient Scotland or ancient Germany and you know or Scandinavia they look to Asatru you know because of their roots and their heritage and they or they look to you know like the Celtic sort of stuff because of their you know their ancestry it's like that's great but you likely weren't raised with any of those traditions assuming those traditions are real at all and so in a way, that's sort of a, uh, it's a hot button topic and I'll probably get flack for it and people will talk about me, but I feel like in a way that's sort of uh, still a, a, a matter of cultural appropriation because you weren't raised in that culture and there are people who legitimately went through terrible things because of their connection to that culture. They were prohibited from practicing just like here in the United States with the with you know indigenous peoples being legally prohibited from from practicing you know you know Mm -hmm. uh, their their ancestral traditions and whatnot to step up having not gone through any of that and just adopt those things and say well that's you know that's my that's you know my heritage it's like you're i mean i guess blood wise down the road a ways you've got that connection to people who participated in that, but you did you never did. You're, you know, that's not part of your your culture. For the overwhelming not for everybody, obviously there are exceptions, people who are like first generation Americans and whatnot, they may have relatives who, who carried some of some older traditions and stuff forward. But this idea of participating in these like ancient traditions, like I mean it's
0: well, I think it doesn't necessarily just have to be first generation either. I mean no it doesn't you know but
2: but those traditions have to have been carried forward like i feel like you need to have been raised in the culture to Mm -hmm. to really because otherwise you're you're participating in a thing without without any sort of you know you're you're participating in a thing that other people were punished for without the threat of punishment you know without having gone through those struggles i
0: think it's really very specific to different ones i mean that some some times when those ancestors were forced to stop doing though having those traditions you know my my father's first language he was not allowed to speak that outside of the home his you know his his mother wasn't allowed to speak it so i wasn't i didn't get that language from him right, right. but mm-hmm. but there's still a connection that i have to that culture sure. right or you mm-hmm. know and, and so for instance my my child is relearning the language even though there's a generational gap between you know what she was how she's been raised the culture sure. that she was sure. raised and and, in, and, and, and wanting think... to like to re-embrace right to reclaim and rekindle mm-hmm. some of that
2: and I think as long as those as as those things are being passed down with the knowledge of of the struggle that people went through regarding those things, like how that how the you know, and that's you know the reason that you're doing it. But I think a lot of that is disregarded when people just sort of pick up a book on Celtic paganism or something along those lines, and they think that they're participating in these like ancient Celtic rituals and whatnot, which is
0: well, my personal pet complete, peeve around uh, com- that is complete, when it gets all lumped into one culture. It's like, right. wait, but but, but we're no, a lot of different yeah, it cultures. But, you know. It's like
2: I've been involved in druidry and things like that, and there's this idea of like this druid reconstructionism and whatnot, which I think is um, the fact of the matter is, is we don't know what any of the there was nothing written down, and we That's don't right. know. What was practiced. So these like ancient rites or ancient rituals, they're not ancient. They're all new modern inventions. And there's that zero evidence that, you know, and there's a lot of hearsay, and people are like, well, no, this was passed down word of mouth. It's like, yeah, and we've all played telephone, we've all played (laughs) that game. And there's a good chance that the way that you're doing things is absolutely nothing like what people did then, you know, and you've got the influence of Christianity and things like that. And to think that to think that, like, I don't know, I think the assumption that like the monks that wrote down a lot of this stuff when they were encountering these new cultures, you know, as they were were coming into the areas that they weren't repainting and reinterpreting and just straight up lying about things, I think. I I don't think that's an honest approach to to what that is. So
1: Well, and the... and James this also goes to the lionization of the ancient. Yes. Right. I mean there's yep. that whole idea that because something is old that it's got a deep validity to it. Yep. And that's that's one that I just honestly I don't go with. I mean to me cultures are valid just because they're valid. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether they started recently or, and then then there are cultures that aren't so valid, like Joseph Smith's arrangement that has now taken off and has many followers all over the world that, you know, the values of which I find really problematic. Um, but just because something is new doesn't make it invalid. And just because no. something is old doesn't make it valid. But, particularly for people where there's been genocidal effort to extinguish the culture. Mm-hmm. I think it is really important to be able to say to someone whose you know, grandfather and father were, you, you know, grandparents and, and parents were not allowed to speak their native language that they are still entitled to relearn that language and restart those cultural traditions again. Sure,
2: I think, but I think that a lot and i think a lot of it is for me personally that's it it's all contingent upon intent like Mm -hmm. if you're if i think if you're going to do that then you need to be learning about the struggles that they went through you need to be informing yourself about the reasons why this is an issue Mm -hmm. you know it's like you know the it's for me it's like the the whole like you know uh when it comes to like in in indigenous folks, you get the person who does their 23 and me DNA test and they get the thing that says, Oh, you're 0.05% native American. And they're like, Oh, cool. Well, I'm just going to start practicing Cherokee, you know, traditions or, or whatnot. Cause you know, well, I'm part, you know, I'm part native American and, right. why, and, and not learning why that's in, why that's a problem. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you're, I, you know, because in all likelihood you 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 really the only connection you have is a genetic is a genetic connection to those you know to those folks, yeah, because you've not you know i don't know it's a it's a it's a complicated issue and mm-hmm. it's it's definitely not cut and dry there are definitely you know exceptions to the rule and 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 all of that good stuff there's i come from a you know, a line of people who are very, very far removed from any of that. I The the research that I've done on my own family, you know, I got as far back as like the 1500s. So some, you know, sept of Scots who, you know, the the, the McCullochs or, or whatnot. And uh, they were like a, they didn't have their own, carton which was a which is a pretty modern invention they didn't have their own you know sort of clan uh, seal and motto or insignia or anything they were like a vassal clan of some other larger clan but anyway i i wasn't raised with any of that my grandparents weren't raised with any of that my great-grandparents weren't raised with any of that you know, if anything, there's more Appalachian, you know, traditions and culture, which is a mishmash of, of you know, a, a number of things, because right. the farther you get from the source, the more diluted those things sort of become, the more integrated with other, you know, cultures and, and, and traditions and whatnot, those things become, and they become their own thing, you know, so, like, I feel like, for me, like, I've, I've, I've tried to educate myself on the struggles of those people from my background who were barred from like my Irish ancestors who were barred from speaking Irish, you know, by the English my, I try to educate myself about that. And I try not to just take it for granted that I'm just allowed because my, you know, my grandmother's last name was Bailey, you know, and i think that there's the overwhelming majority of people that i have encountered in the pagan community that's really the sort of approach there's this romanticized like idea of like ancient celtic ireland you know that people pursue and and it goes it goes back to the whole escapism thing for me Mm -hmm. and you know i think a lot of people are what draws a lot of people to modern paganism and the new age movement <clears throat> is a dissatisfaction with the way the world is right now and a lack of sort of, a lack of meaningful internal life, you know, to mm-hmm. to help give them a sense of comfort and whatnot in, you know, the, the sort of times that we're having.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that there's that appeal to I it's the reason we read, you know, it's the reason we read fantasy books and things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So for a brief time, we can live in a world that is not this one.
1: And yeah. <clears throat> but this one is the, um, so amazing. Yeah. No, it really I mean, is.
2: You open your mm-hmm. eyes and you look at the world around you and you see, like really look, and see the various processes taking place on the ever smaller levels you can just keep going you know Mm -hmm. like oh well why does that happen and there's a whole process involved inside and then you can take a piece of that process and say well why does that happen and there's this whole other process involved and it's this like fractal rabbit hole that you know eventually winds up down in some quantum you know, wormhole thing that is...
1: Probabilistic, weird... Yeah. Yeah.
2: Until we're just speculating because we really don't know because we are physically incapable of seeing any more detail than that for now. And you can do the same to the greater scale, you know, Mm -hmm. because the immensity of this universe and reality in general, as you know, is astounding and incredibly humbling. For me to come contemplate, I've spent many a night lying on my back. As a kid, I had I had built a skateboard ramp for myself, and there would be times when I would lay down on the deck of that skateboard ramp. And living in rural America, there wasn't a lot of streetlights and things like that to obscure my view of the sky. And uh, spent a lot of time laying, just looking up at the stars and the moon and whatnot, and. <laughs> always feeling that sensation of sort of being held to the earth Mm -hmm. like at any moment i could fall off of it Mm
1: -hmm. up
2: into the you know the sky you know up into the that vastness because what is up
1: Mm -hmm.
2: that's arbitrary you know it's in relation to where you know to where the ground is that's up yeah um but in the in the vast scheme of things there is no up there's no down we just we have to put these sort of descriptions on things to help us make sense because of how limited we are in, in our in our perception but i think going back to yet another thing that drew me to atheo is that whole idea of like that's i'm, I'm part of all of that mm-hmm. that's that that craziness that just overwhelming levels of complexity and like we Talked you know yesterday, Mark, about the human brain, and yes, how how little we really know <laughs> about how it operates. This chunk of fat and water and whatnot mm-hmm. that sits inside you know this bone on the top of our head or our body is just kind of the thing happening. The the overwhelming like I don't know the awe that sets in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the you just there are times when it just takes my breath away and it's the appreciation of that and knowing that every other person who's part of the, you know, not just part of our community, but every other person in the entire world is also a part of that. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that connects us, it's, it's that, you know, yeah. <clears throat> we're all part of this sort of greater mechanism i don't know that like i guess you could call it an organism if you wanted Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know i guess it all depends on perspective but we're all tiny 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 little pieces of this huge thing that operates in a relatively specific manner Mm -hmm. um even though it seems like you know at times all of the stuff is so random and whatnot that's sort of the point is that that's how it works is that there's no sort of predetermined path no one has laid it all out you know and mapped everything out like what's the point of that you know excuse me my throat so
0: yeah. Yeah, well, thank you guys I'll, for ha- yeah. for having me on.
1: yeah. so thank you, James. Yeah, this has been you. this has been amazing it has it's the I mean, we've wandered into all these really essential subject matters about about our path and about our community. and it's just been a really great conversation. thank you
2: yeah uh, thank you for for tolerating my my ramblings
1: cool.
0: Thank you for sharing them with us. We yeah. really appreciate it.
1: my pleasure and we'll see you all next week everybody have a great week